Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue, that I might know how to speak to the weary a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. He is near who upholds my right. If anyone wishes to oppose me, let us appear together. Who disputes my right? Let him confront me. See, the Lord God is my help. Who will prove me wrong? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, in your great love, answer me. Lord, in your great love, answer me. For your sake I bear insult, and shame covers my face. I have become an outcast to my brothers, a stranger to my mother's sons, because zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who blaspheme you fall upon me. Lord, in your great love, answer me. Insult has broken my heart, and I am weak. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For consolers, not one could I find. Rather, they put gall in my food, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Lord, in your great love, answer me. I will praise the name of God in song, and I will glorify him with thanksgiving. See you, lowly ones, and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the poor, and his own who are in bonds, he spurns not. Lord, in your great love, answer me. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him, one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. 
He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Gospel today indicates to us that Judas, once paid the 30 pieces of silver, began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus, it is called Spy Wednesday today. Looking for an opportunity to hand him over. We, on the other hand, are looking for opportunities to glorify him, to be faithful to him, to proclaim him, to proclaim the salvation that he has won for us by the very deeds of these days, the deeds of his obedience to the Father, his willing embrace of the cross, his trust in the plan of the Father, and his glorious resurrection. These are the events that bring us salvation. These are the events that were written. He, may, he makes mention here, the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. And we have heard the things that have been written of him in these various Lenten readings, including in today's psalm. They put gall in my food, in my thirst. They gave me vinegar to drink. That's exactly what happened on the cross. I have become an outcast to my brothers. Shame covers my face. I bear insult. We saw how the soldiers mocked him. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. Again, when he was in the custody of Pilate. And all the other prophecies, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. By his wounds we are healed. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. They tear holes, Psalm 22. They tear holes in my hands and my feet. I can count every one of my bones. Both here before the Passion and then on Easter Sunday itself. When he appears to the disciples, he refers to what was written of him. And remember, when he walks with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, he gives them a scripture lesson. And he says, what was written of me in Moses and the prophets and the Psalms had to be fulfilled. He gave them a beautiful scripture lesson about all the prophecies that pointed to the events of Good Friday, and that then made sense of those events for the apostles so that they would realize it wasn't failure. It was the unfolding of God's great victory of justice and salvation. All that was written, not only in the Psalms, not only in the prophets, like Isaiah with the suffering servant songs, but in Moses, in the law, and we have reference to that here today as well, when we see Jesus getting ready to have the Passover meal with his disciples, this coincides with the very days 
of his betrayal, his arrest, his crucifixion. Because in the law, there was the Passover lamb. Not a bone of it shall be broken, the law said. That was a prophecy of what happened on the cross. Even though the legs of the two thieves crucified with Jesus were broken, his were not because they saw he was already dead. And so instead the soldier pierced his side with a lance. Not a bone of it will be broken, said the law about the Passover lamb. And as the lamb was being eaten, Jesus was being crucified. This is the Passover of the Lord. This is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets of all the scriptures leading up to the time of Christ. Let's enter into these days paying close attention to the fact that this is the culmination of salvation history, of human history. Everything before this is a preparation for these events. And everything after is a proclamation of these events and a participation in these events until they are totally fulfilled in the kingdom of heaven. But nothing more needs to be added between now and the time come Christ comes again. Nothing more needs to be added to the teachings that Jesus gave or to the sacrifice that he made. That's the significance of these days. It's not just one point in time of salvation history. It's the completion of everything he was to do. That's why he said, it is finished. The growth of the church does not mean the adding of more revelation. It means the adding of more people who believe the revelation. It doesn't mean adding more pages to the gospel. It means more people saying, amen, I believe the gospel. It's not adding more to the grace that Christ won for us on the cross. It's bringing more people to drink of that grace in the waters of baptism, which will be administered to the catechumens of the church on Saturday night. We are about to enter in to the Easter Triduum, Thursday night through Sunday night. The three days of which our Lord spoke, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up the temple of his body. And now we have become his body, thanks to the very baptism that you and I will renew at Easter Sunday Mass. We are the people of life. Christ Jesus is life. Let us never forget that the events of these days that we are about to celebrate are what destroys death. And therefore, we who are the people of life, we who are pro-life, we who work against the culture of death every day, do not have to scratch our heads and wonder whether or not we will overcome the kingdom of death. Oh, no. We stand up and boldly proclaim that it has already been overcome in Christ Jesus. We, the people of life, are not just working for victory. We are working from victory. Victory is our starting point. And that starting point is precisely what we celebrate in these days, the death and the resurrection of Christ, the one who conquered death and restored and continues to restore life.
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.